Welcome to the Suds in the Squared Circle bonus edition. Today is Friday, February 3rd, 2023. And I just got off a great interview with Matt from 10th Floor Podcast, um, which is basically a general hospital podcast uh, that does come out every week. However, he does, he does have experience in indie wrestling, all pro wrestling out of San Francisco. We do touch on that. But he's also, you know, he's been a wrestling fan, whether in the past or a casual wrestling fan now. Um, but I do want to just let you know it's been, it was a great interview. So I'm going to bring you that now. There was a glitch where my computer actually froze in the middle of the, um, in the middle of the conversation. So I had to restart my computer. But either way, it was a great, great conversation. We'll be doing more in the future. But for right now, I'm going to take you to my interview with uh, Matt from... Uh, the 10th Floor Podcast, and enjoy. Hey, this is uh, Vinny Apicella here with the, I am obviously from the Suds and Squared Circle, um, which I'll probably end up doing the uh, wraparound myself, but I'm here with Matt from 10th Floor Podcast. Matt, how are you doing today? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's been a long time coming. It's been uh, something we've been looking at doing for a while. and uh, Yeah, I think we started talking just before the holidays. I'm like, when all that rigmarole yeah. is over, we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, this is something, obviously, you know, the premise of my show is Snugs and the Squirt Circle being soap operas and wrestling. And yes. you actually have, um, I mean, besides doing the 10th Floor Podcast, you have some experience in indie wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super, super local, super local indie wrestling over in the Bay <laughs> well, Area. Hey, you know, San what? Francisco Bay Area. Well, that's awesome. And uh, you actually sent me a picture last night of uh, you taking a twist of fate from Matt Hardy. Yeah. Uh, back from your, what was it, APW day? Yeah, APW All Pro Wrestling over there in Hayward, California, the world famous APW garage. Um, run by Roland Alexander. Do, do, do you remember the Beyond the Mat documentary? Yes. It was a big, big, big thing in the in the late '90s, and the indie wrestling promoter that they followed in that documentary was Roland Alexander, who was my mentor. Okay. In, uh, in pro wrestling, so in that they, you know, they had the big story about the, you know, the Rock and and Mankind and the chair yep. shots and all that, but they also followed the two guys that were going on getting their tryouts. Right. Yeah. I remember which that. were uh you know students of Roland Alexander from the um uh oh god what was it the uh. The APW boot camp is what they right. call the wrestling school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that's my thing. That's that's where I learned it. That's where I learned it. And and um, because Roland had achieved an amount of fame, so to speak, from that documentary, and through a number of successes with the students that he had coming through his school in Hayward, 
um, it attracted some people like Matt Hardy who would come through the monthly show uh, every great once in a while. We would get somebody who would come through like that. And I had the opportunity as a manager to, you know, work opposite of him, annoy him enough to take a twist of fate there at the very end and make the people very happy at uh, at ringside. So how did you get involved with the uh, APW? Uh, so it was the, it was, it was local. So I, I'm from the San Francisco Bay area group in union city, California, not very far away from Hayward where the school was. Okay. And they would have a monthly show that was free in mm-hmm. Hayward. And it was just, it, it was a wrestling show that they would have a Saturday uh, okay. once a month. And you show up, you have a good time. You watch the people who would train in, at that school and they had their, their matches and their storylines. And, um, I think the one that, um, that really hooked me in to keep going was, um, when the Sandman showed up as oh, a surprise, okay, yep. smashing beer over his head and just <laughs> taking 15 minutes to just do absolutely nothing to collect his payday. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, hit somebody with the kendo stick and then move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it I was mean, a great his, time, though. His entrances were more more important than his <laughs> matches. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you got wrestling characters out there that that are uh, mostly entrance. Yeah. And then once you get into the match itself, it is it is what it is. You know, you like yeah. it, you hate it. And, whatever uh <laughs> but they have that epic entrance sin cara epic yeah. entrance he was in that trampoline to get into the ring gold yeah. dust epic entrance epic entrance which of course you know also love to watch him wrestle as well yeah. uh, of course <laughs> um sandman you know the list goes on of course but that's what hooked me in and what really convinced me to join the school and 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 say hey you know i want to do this i mean i've been a wrestling fan my whole life why would you not want to at one point think i, I could do, find something to do here in this um and so somebody i went to high school with i saw was working security and if you're working security that means you're a student yeah and i saw him move from security to being a referee and then from a referee to being a wrestler and i'm like if this dude from my high school journalism (laughs) class can do this right so can i yeah so i reached out and i signed up to the apw boot camp to be a referee Okay. And as a part of the training, uh, they also have promo classes and they stuck me in front of a microphone and <laughs> well, the rest is history. They said a referee is not where you need to be, sir. You are a wrestling manager. Absolutely. And that's what I did for a number of years. All right. So so being a fan, who were some of your influences? Um, I mean, get, getting the gift of gab, becoming a manager. Who were some of the managers previously that you had looked up to? Uh, I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan is probably the number one that everybody who would probably put at the top of their lists when it comes to who, who, who's, who's the best of the worst? Who, who do I want to be? Yep. Uh, Bobby the Brain, and that's somebody that um, I, I very much uh, looked up to. Um, I read every book that he had written. I watched all of the DVDs and documentaries that had been put out, just so I could just absorb everything that he had might have put out there that i could still consume because you know by the time i was getting into this he he was i think he'd already passed away oh yeah by the time i even joined the school so um so you know there was no way i was going to meet him and pick his brain or anything so i had to pick it in some other ways Mm -hmm. and so uh bobby the brain of course and then when it came to the actual like character that i wound up putting on it was very much a conglomerate of a lot of just the weaselly terrible managers that existed out there you know you get a little johnny polo mixed in with a little jim Cornette mixed in with a little bobby the brain and you get matthew the all the greatest mind in professional wrestling hey that's that's absolutely fantastic i mean you brought up jim Cornette. do you listen to jim Cornette's podcasts you know i don't spend a whole lot of time listening to podcasts um <laughs> not 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 in the entire length I'll, I'll give i'll give a podcast 10 15 minutes or so uh the person that i probably absorbed the most content from is um eric bischoff 
Yep. I okay. just have a heavy respect for Eric Bischoff, uh, more so than the than the general average person. <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. <laughs> I just um, actually had uh, Guy Evans on, who co-wrote yeah. Grateful. Yeah. Um, and he and I, um, I mean, I had him on a few years ago on my previous podcast. And Eric Bischoff in, uh, is probably one of my greatest, uh, me- not mentors, because I don't know him personally, but right. I looked up to look up to. Um, with a tremendous amount of respect and I think it's it goes back to the Monday Night Wars era because he actually did what nobody thought could be happening was beat Vince McMahon in his own game yeah and it it was just absolutely fantastic but yeah no um I listened to 83 weeks I listened to um um uh strictly business as well mm-hmm. his yeah, he's podcast. got a lot going on right now when it comes to podcasting he's, he's like the kevin smith of the wrestling world when it comes absolutely. to the amount of podcasting he does um but yeah that's absolutely awesome um but jim Cornette has his two podcasts as well yeah, yeah I, I i know that he has things to say that's for sure <laughs> yeah I, you know I, I haven't done wrestling or really watched it in any sort of detail in, in a little while but uh, <laughs> if somebody makes a big wave i hear about it still well that's fantastic um so you do have a tremendously popular podcast yourself, being the tenth floor with your mother, oh, thank you. uh, Mama Cat, um, and I do listen to that faithfully. Um, I don't get to watch it because of my schedule, but you guys are on YouTube. How did yeah. you get into General Hospital? So uh, soap operas is something that I've been watching all my life. So wrestling and soap operas is pretty much the two two things that have been exposed to me since the womb. You know, I heard Erica Kane fighting with Jackson Montgomery as a fetus alongside <laughs> Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man fighting for the heart of Miss Elizabeth. You know, I mean, I don't know exactly what years that kind of stuff happened, but... Um, you, you know, like it's just been a part of my life. Soap and wrestling, you know, um, you know, you have like football families, baseball families. We had we had a wrestling family. Yeah. You know, we 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 made sure that we had WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble every year, no matter how hard it was. Yeah. Uh, th- that is what we did. That's what we tuned into every week. You know, Monday Night Raw or Monday football. It was Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. Easy. Yep. Easy. Easy. Yep. So th- those two things have just been a part of my life, near and dear to my heart forever, and just uh, woven into the fabric of just my family and how we engage and interact with each other and the things that we pursue that we enjoy. You know, kind of on my dad's side, it was more the wrestling's focused things. And the mom's side, it was a little more on the soaps, soaps focused thing. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, you know, I was watching uh, wrestling as a little squirt with my dad and soaps as a little squirt with my mom and just t- taking it all in there. Um, you know, uh, if you go back to our, our podcast library, which you can find on YouTube and also on all of your podcasting applications, take yeah. a look. Um, you'll go like to our very first podcast that I did with my mom, like three years ago. And the quality is just nowhere near what it is today. Yeah. Um, we talked about, you know, my early exposure and the, and the early memories of, uh, me and soaps mm-hmm. and, uh, the storyline that, that hooked me in as a young lad was Natalie in the well on all my children. Okay. So Janet, her evil twin sister, had chucked Natalie in the well <laughs> and had posed as, as Natalie in Pine Valley, taken over her life. Classic soap, so villainous. Yep. yep and, the, and this was before Robin Matson, who was famous as Heather Weber. Yep. So this was some actress way before, even then. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, you know, she was in the well for weeks, and it was just, I was just I was just enthralled as a little child. When is Natalie gonna get out of this well? <laughs> yep. And finally, they introduce the character of Dimitri Merrick, who rescues her from the well, and Dimitri moves on to being a major prominent thing, and then Natalie a couple of years dies. Uh, but I was hooked at that point. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I remember, you know, my mother was always the ABC soaps, uh, you know, All My Children, One Life to Live, General Hospital. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. She's always she's always been a big, very big Erica Kane fan. Um, so I got a lot of exposure to all my children growing up. Although my soap fandom kind of started later on when I was probably in my twenties when I actually got into General Hospital. Yeah. Um and you know, one life to live towards the tail end, all my children towards the tail end. Mm-hmm. Um, but General Hospital's been the one constant. Um, but you were you've been uh you have you have been vocal that one life to live has been basically your favorite. Um, well, all my children was pretty much my favorite growing okay. up. Uh, one life to live, my mom, oh, yeah, well, my, my mom really, 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 really liked. So she, she grew up, you know, uh, she, the soaps have been a, a woven in the fabric of our family. I guess, I guess even since she was a little child as well. Mm-hmm. So she'd rush home from from school and make sure she was able to catch all my children and one life to live, or catch an episode of General Hospital before yep. moving on with the next part of her day. And so all of that was definitely a part of it. Um, as for me, I wasn't really able to get into soaps in detail until I was an adult as well i think that probably just comes with age understanding maturity and time um and so you know i'd catch like the summertime stories when i didn't have to go to school and stuff when i was a yeah. kid um but i i really i watched that last year of all my children in in great detail and really loved it if i had more of an emotional connection from a ch- from childhood to one life to live mm-hmm. i would have given them that that final final year as well yeah. absolutely no doubt about it mm-hmm. uh but definitely was there for those those that last 12 months yeah, of you recently had soapy uh, nonsense oh absolutely um and you recently had vincent arizari on one of your podcasts yeah 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 that was that was a amazing surprise uh turn of events for a special on my children retrospective we were gonna do yeah so that, um, that was that was awesome that was awesome what an honor <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, I get to get uh, every time it, it gets brought up, which is seldom because it's not like I'm on every podcast out there. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to give thanks to his his girlfriend who was actually who saw our advertisements for the All My Children special my mom and I were going to do. And she reached out to us saying, hey, if you were interested, I can ask Vincent if he wanted to come on. And I'm like, <laughs> why would I say no? Right. Exactly. Just asked him first. What are you crazy? Uh- uh, yes, please. And and we were able to arrange it. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, Vincent Irizarry, Dr. David Hayward from All My Children. Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love Dr. David Hayward? And so just as like a, a dream interview, yeah. uh, that, that was really nice to have. When Ma and I were started talking about having the podcast a couple of years ago, recording our conversations, because it's not like talking about GH is new for us or anything. Right, yeah. Um, well maybe other people find it interesting too let's record it sometime and see what happens and the rest is history folks um so uh but we're talking oh it'd be great one day if maybe you know maybe an actor would be cool wouldn't it be cool if david if vincent irizari wanted to be on it one day and it was and and we got it and so that was just amazing just what a great time that yeah it was it was good i was able to get in and log on for a while myself to watch it and i also listened to it on the podcast as well podcast feed um great episode and um you know and, and not to mention dr david hayward having uh ties to port charles with uh finola hughes oh, and yeah. character um you know so and she went back and forth between all three of the soap operas on abc so mm-hmm. it's just that common thread where you look at the universe of the ABC soap operas and Port Charles being in New York is close to Landview being in Pennsylvania and Pine Valley, I believe is Pennsylvania as well. So yeah. it's all in that general vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Although we haven't had too many All My Children crossovers once the once All My Children ended um, in Port Charles, as opposed to like you saw a lot of One Life to Live carryovers with Star and Todd Manning and and Nora Buchanan most recently. Um, I, I don't understand why that is when you had such a huge following that All My Children has. You have to give that to Frank Valentini. He's the one, he ran One Life to Live. I think he was the last executive producer. Um, And so I think that's just where his heart and his memories lie. That's where he wants to kind of give the first nod to. Um, When it comes to all my children characters, you know, I mean, they they have mentioned Sky Chandler and uh, Erica Kane. Yeah. Uh, We haven't seen them, but they've mentioned, I think they mentioned Erica Kane twice in the last five years. So. Yeah. Cool for that. Oh, yeah. uh, and then uh, you know, they, they used they used Alex Devane right yep. differently, way differently than ever before, but mm-hmm. that, that was a character. Uh, but I would say that the answer is just just simply uh, Frank Valentini, the executive producer's heart lies in his memories of one life to live. And so that's where he's gonna reach out first. We got a lot of actors for one life to live also mm-hmm. now on the show as well. Um Okay, so we're back. Um, <laughs> brief uh, technical difficulties there. Uh, but, all right, so we were talking about uh, One Life to Live and how there's a lot of characters on there. Uh, a lot of characters that did migrate over to General uh, General Hospital. Not necessarily yeah. characters, but actors. Um, but one thing I do want to go into is that you guys, you and your mom recently were able to attend uh, a General Hospital uh, fan event at yeah. the studios not too long ago yeah yeah that was a great time back in march march of 2022 yeah and that uh sounded like a lot of fun you got got to meet a lot of the actors there uh taj bello was your favorite um, yeah well, i mean one of my favorites absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so anyways we were talking uh before the holiday you know a lot there's a lot of crossover in terms mm-hmm. of the genres of wrestling and soap oh, absolutely um, but they always called it the male soap opera right wrestling exactly was. that's how i always used to uh define it whenever you know my friends would be like oh why do you watch wrestling it's, oh well it's a male soap opera um <laughs> but you know there's a lot of crossover with the storylines with the characters character arcs and everything and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of the uh, terminology, like especially when I, when I when I talk about the characters of General Hospital, uh, you know, being a a heel or a baby face, those are wrestling terms that don't. Yeah, it's very um, easy to translate it over from wrestling from wrestling over into soaps. Exactly, you know, and you know how they're gonna, you know, how they're gonna do this, how they're gonna, you know, the storyline plot and a heel turn, and you know, one of the one of the things that that's there now currently is the quote unquote cam heel turn. Yes, um, the controversial, controversial exactly. <laughs> and, and you're right. You're right. It's a misnomer because he's he's the good guy in the in the uh, in the scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's the one that got got burned by Joss and that. Mm-hmm. He's he's the Marty. He's the Marty of that of that team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, but you know, I look at it as a different way because the fans, the audience, mm-hmm. fandom they're all rooting for Joss and Dex. So that puts them in that baby face. It depends on where you're talking to them. Twitter, not, not so much everywhere else. Maybe she's got some more friends up there. <laughs> um, 
Although there is a lot of the, twi- the I guess the, the there process. there is there is uh uh it's it's what? it's funny because I talk about Twitter way too much for the limited window of Twitter that I actually have because <laughs> uh, I am not deep into it uh like like so many other people are uh so I'm sure as many of the Sprina fans that I see out there there is just as many Jex fans uh, speaking yeah. up and making their art and all that kind of stuff I just don't see it for some reason Twitter just doesn't expose that and it's weird uh, I'm doing it wrong it's me. It's me. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's really weird how the Twitter algorithm works. But, um, you know, I, I do. I see, you know, with, with Cam, I really mm-hmm. hope that the character in general brings up that almost Steve Austin-esque type of, of you know, anti-hero. That, that is a uh, good example. That's a great example of, I think, what people are trying to see out of Cameron. Not not so much your your so-called heel turn, right? Uh, but but someone with a, with a little more spunk to him. Someone, exactly. someone that'll, that'll randomly kick somebody in the gut and give him a stunner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, where, um, you know, he, he got he got burned, you know, he, his first love her, it broke his heart. Oh, yeah. That, you know, tragedy. Like, oh, God. Poor exactly. guy. But I love your your analogy of um, Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer, and how <laughs> he comes up and you know gets on stage, and all of a sudden it's just this this just lets it out stinks and this big uh, breakup song. Everybody knows all the dirt. I love it. I love it. I can't <laughs> wait. I really hope so. I mean, they're they're doing the nurses ball and the 60th anniversary kind of all wrapped up into one ball together. Exactly. So. I mean, I'm I'm hoping for 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 major nonsense, just just juicy sudsy, just just I just I, I want to make a, a white Santa's beard out of the suds <laughs> that are created from from this epic event that is headed our way in General Hospital. Yeah, um, and then the 60th anniversary, um, you know, it's it's amazing because the 60th anniversary of General Hospital coincides with the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, which just oh, wow, um, which is amazing that. You know, when you look at the history of television and you've had the long running TV shows and, you know, and just the art that goes into, like, for example, General Hospital being on 60 years and the creativity yeah. where you're on five days a week. I mean, granted, it started off as a 30 minute show and then went to mm. five and then now an hour and think about taking out the commercial breaks, you have 36 minutes. But just the creativity that goes into uh, that kind of show five days a week constantly having to churn something out exactly you get you give the writers a lot of credit because they they, they're the ones and and you had fido xavier on your show who's one of the directors of the shows um that that's on there um on general hospital just the work that goes into that to be able to produce that kind of effort daily Mm -hmm. it has to be i feel as though it 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 earns more respect than is given sometimes because uh, it's very easy to criticize it i mean let, let, we all watch the show mm-hmm. it's super easy to criticize it's yeah. incredibly easy you know it's just you know i guess it all depends on how you want to approach your fandom how how you want to enjoy things and that's kind of something that i learned doing the, in wrestling as well because there's there's a wide vast different audience out there and even the people who are this is this is great. I'm so glad I'm able to talk about this. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, being a part of the creative process of wrestling, you can see while these people are structuring these storylines and going out there and performing them and trying to get the emotional reactions and hit the beats that they're trying to do. Um, they're very invested in trying to put on a great show, an entertaining show that you guys are going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But we also recognize and realize that you can't make everybody happy. 
Right. Um, and some people just approach things from a negative viewpoint, even though they're having a good time. Mm -hmm. It's just a part of their human nature. And not everybody does it that way, but it's a fact of life. And I think places like Twitter and social media and stuff have given those people a, a louder platform uh, to speak than have ever existed before. And that I think that's just kind of what it is. Um, I think that social media you know, could ruin the fandom. I, I don't think that it can... Not necessarily, because the fandom is so much more than social media. Right. And yeah. that's something that I'm learning doing a, doing the podcast. And that's something that I'm really starting to learn right now, uh, figuring out all these microcosms of fandoms that exist with General Hospital. And I am sure that they exist in the wrestling world as well. Yes. I am just not plugged into it at all. <laughs> but I'm sure there's just as many people out there that are like, the bloodline is the greatest thing in the world. That matches the amount of people that are out there that are like, this is the worst trash that has been on TV since the demise of WCW. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that exists. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. Um, and it's one thing that I really, I don't, you know, one thing that has evolved is be with the fans is I don't know whether it's a lack of um, the ability to, to enjoy a slow burn storyline. Yeah. Um, like you bring up the bloodline, the bloodline, you know, that storyline has been going on for two and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And it's the hottest thing in wrestling in my yeah. opinion. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's something where you look at even soap operas where you had, there gets to a point where you have a slow, slow moving storyline. If the fans are invested in it, they'll go with it. Yes. In Brooklyn, for example, mm -hmm. they're playing, you know, that, that whole, you know, uh, are we or are we not together? It gets to a point where it's like, well, you just you don't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, are you aren't you? I mean, you kind of are. You just start talking about it, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you get to a point where is it because that we're we're in a society now where everything's got to be fast paced, fast paced, and you need the you need the payoff. That, I think that that builds into it. I um the consumption of entertainment as a whole. Let's get nerdy here, like I do on the tenth floor. <laughs> the consumption of entertainment as a whole, and I feel I feel like an expert uh, to a degree. I feel like I have enough cre credence to speak to something like this. Just being somebody who has consumed entertainment my whole life, and being one of those cusper generation people. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm I'm 36 years old, so I was there for t antennas on TV. You know, I, I had a black and white one when I was five. All the way to, you know, now where I don't even have cable. So I've seen the swath of it and I've experienced it myself. So that, that that's why I've decided that I can speak on it. Uh, but the consumption of entertainment has changed quite a bit over the over the last several years. Um, Netflix ruined everything by giving everybody the ability to binge watch every single thing, dropping an entire season's worth of a story in one, one, one fell swoop. Yeah. So you could watch it in 10 hours and then go to work and be the most knowledgeable person ever. <laughs> um, and because of that, um, a, a longer format uh, thing like soap operas, um, people are seeing what they want to see, um, seeing the conclusions that they want to see, seeing the pairings they want to see and the story beats they want to see, and they're getting impatient and they want to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and in trying to make those people happy while also trying to fill five days worth of television, uh, I think that we're finding challenges in um, pacing, in, in, in moving things along in a way that is uh, conducive to 365 days a year, but also keeping the people on the screen that the people want to see interacting with who god i don't know how they can do it i honestly don't i honestly don't um i think slow burn is important 
Uh, you take Trina and Spencer, for example, that's something that was able to keep everybody's attention. Yep. Hoping, waiting just for the moments. Yep. And um, it's really paying off. I, I think this week especially has really shown how important it was to kind of keep those characters in each other's radar, yep. but not have them really in scenes together mm-hmm. until now. Right. I think that it really gave the actors a chance to really bond and create a real chemistry behind the scenes as friends. Mm-hmm. So they can bring that to our television sets and create a very satisfying pairing, which is and what that, they are turning out to be. And that pairing had one of the one of the uh, rarest things is that there was a recast in the middle of that storyline. And it um, lost Michaela, no momentum. It's it's something that I just never, you know, it's amazing how it went from one actress to the other, from mm-hmm. Sydney to, to, to Tabiana, and the chemistry is still there. Right. You know, it, which is very rare. It's super rare. Super. I, I've, I've never, I mean, I'm not a big expert in soaps or anything like that, but I've never seen anything like it. Because um, right. <laughs> we've seen recasts. We've seen yeah. recasts, especially, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, Drew, for example, yeah. you know, Cameron Matheson is Drew. That mm-hmm. recast has totally affected every relationship that the previous actor had right. established. Mm-hmm. I had totally forgotten that Drew and Curtis were friends until they were getting the tux fitting together. And right. Curtis wound up being, or Drew wound up being Curtis's right. best man. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that's Drew, right. Drew was Curtis's best man at his previous writing with Jordan. <laughs> Right, Miller, of <laughs> I had totally because he was friends with Billy Miller, not with yeah. Cameron Matheson. You know, they hadn't right. done anything together really. Um, maybe a scene when Drew yeah. came back to town after getting rescued, but that was it. I had totally forgotten about that relationship. So yeah, the recasts do matter, um, mm-hmm. and they really knocked it out of the park with it. Um, you mentioned the convention, and we went to the yeah. convention, uh, and this was in the gap between mm-hmm. uh, Tob- uh between Sydney leaving. Yep. And Tabiana Ali starting. Right. And so we hadn't seen a single scene of new Trina, but right. old Trina had had left. We, her, mm-hmm. She had her last scene. And that was the questions that the Ashford panel had. You know, <laughs> who's the new Trina? Right. What's she going to be like? Tell me what you think of her. And everybody had glowing reviews and great things to say, as they would. Um, but one thing that they said was when they were casting the new Trina, they made sure to screen test her to death, not just with a character or two, but with every character that Trina has supposed to be um, dealing with Ava and Curtis and Portia and Spence and everybody mm-hmm. screen tested with Taviana Lee before they decided on that. So um, they were careful as hell <laughs> to not ruin what they knew was very, um, was very big and important in their hands. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, I mean, credence and kudos. Uh, but when it comes down to down to it, you know, you got to turn out these episodes five days a week. I think it's um, a little quick and hasty to criticize the writers. I think that's an overused phrase, just in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while the writers put the words in the people's mouths, if you're going to criticize anybody about General Hospital and the stories they are able to tell, mm-hmm. um, ABC Disney is who you should be criticizing because ultimately they're the ones. Um that do the green light when it comes down to it the producers writers directors everybody in the soap world has been working on soap operas their entire careers yep. it's not like suddenly these people don't know how to make a soap right something else is playing a factor and it well, seems as though disney is just like make them pregnant <laughs> well it's similar to you know going back to you know the late 90s early 2000s with wcw 
when Great the AOL Time Warner merger happened. And Eric Bischoff, you know, basically said that there were some corporate people that came in that they wanted his storylines and scripts six months out. Professional yeah. wrestling doesn't work like that. No. You know, you can you can have a basic like with WWE, they they go from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, where you could have your WrestleMania main event in theory set by yeah. SummerSlam by yeah. August. But you know, fan reaction as well as injuries, as well as other mm-hmm. things play a part into it. So yeah. you can't have a script mm-hmm. that month that much long. I, I yeah, I yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I really appreciate how Eric Bischoff was able to 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 televisionize uh wrestling as well as as well as he did i really think yeah. that he kind of established a tone for for tv wrestling broadcasting um if henceforth now until forever yeah. exactly. um and listening to his 83 weeks podcast it's 84 whatever it is um it's interesting how he refers to hiring uh, um wrestlers to play this part yeah and and that sort of thing because i never really thought about wrestling in those terms before no, and it was you it don't. was fascinating to to hear him put him in those phrases and it, it's weird because that's the one thing that, you know, when you listen to wrestling podcasts and everything, when you look at wrestling compared to every other genre of entertainment, you don't look at wrestlers characters as not being their genuine selves. And I, and, and that's, that's something that in my opinion is where kayfabe was dead back in the eighties when Vince McMahon came out and said, Oh, we're sports entertainment. And, you know, and everything and and you you are able to understand that you know somebody like Roman Reigns who is a character that is played by Joe Anawaii mm-hmm. uh you know and he's not who he is on camera you know when you look at Maurice Bernard he's not really a mob boss in real <laughs> no. life so what's you know that's where there's always been a difference um and I don't understand, or I, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that we don't look at wrestlers as actors. You know, is it because yeah. they're not involved with SAG? Is it because they're just a different form of entertainment because it's presented as a live sports-based presentation? I still don't understand that, which is a good thing. But yeah. at the same time, could it be better as fans looking at it? Like, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, it's it just... It's it's that that difference between I'm watching wrestling, I'm seeing Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, and I'm I'm seeing Kevin Owens, and I know in my heart that they're portraying a storyline, but they're just actors. They're they're friendly behind the scenes. Yeah. Look at then you look at General Hospital, and you see Carly and Nina who are at each other's throats. Right. And you know, but yet you see the tweets where we accept the fact that Laura Wright and Cynthia Watros are friendly behind the scenes. We accept that. Yeah. We accept that we know Laura Wright plays Carly on TV. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, when Is it comes it to Twitter handles, because you see Roman <laughs> tweeting out instead of Joe and Hawaii. Uh, you know, um, I, I I really think that has to do mostly with just the the origins of the the the, the entertainment medium itself, because wrestling was originally brought uh, presented as something real, yeah. and even all the way through, you know, the um the the Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. I feel as though there was still an element of kayfabe that existed. Absolutely. 
in there. Uh, nowadays, I feel as though it's totally gone. Um, I, I I checked out the very beginning. I checked out the Royal Rumble this mm-hmm. this year. Um, just because yeah. I'm like, hey, I've, I've got a I've got a I've got a I've got a Peacock Peacock yeah. subscription. I love the Royal Rumble. Let's tune yeah. in. Um, and I was blown away, honestly, with the intro being this uh, country artist Hardy. I think his, yeah. his name is. Um, and he was sitting there in a chair being like, wrestling's great. What, what's going to happen tonight as, as these gladiators fight each other? And I'm like, this is this just this opening. Yeah. Is so entertainment. Mm-hmm. This is this doesn't feel to me um, no longer like we're getting ready for a big fight. Yeah. This is like a show yeah. immediately. Uh, the feeling that I got from it. And that's very different uh, than the wrestling that I used to watch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't remember what point we were trying to make at that point. I just started to uh, to just ramble as I do. Uh, <laughs> but things have changed, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, oh, we're talking about actors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so so the the whole are they actors, the whole entertainment presentation of wrestling is relatively new. Um when I was learning things and, and coming up in the wrestling world, uh, no, no denying it, we were all actors. We we were all being something that we were not in right. real life. And that was why we were doing wrestling mm-hmm. was because that was our avenue into playing something that is larger than life and going out there and putting on a great show and being superheroes stronger than everybody. You right. can't do wrestling in real life. If you got in a real <laughs> fight and tried to body slam somebody, you'd lose. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> So you get to go out there and, and be superhuman and fly off the ropes and 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 be as rich or as evil or as good or as conniving or whatever it is that you wanted to be that you weren't really in real life. Yeah. Um to add on to that, um with wrestling, there is still a great element of who you are in real life that is in these characters right, yeah. <laughs> it, it is kind of who you wish you could be or this person that you're able to let out without trying is, is kind of what it is um so i don't know i don't know if that feeds into it as well because um at least on the level that i did i don't know what they're doing in wwe when it comes to like all right so in real life your name is carl but uh out there you're gonna be seamus the irishman uh here's your script learn it and get an accent i don't know if it's to that level it probably is so yes a hundred percent actors (laughs) my level very much a blend of athletics actor all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff because you don't if you don't have the athletics then you're not going to be able to really succeed in wrestling you have to be able to do that but uh but to that same note if you weren't arnold schwarzenegger you wouldn't have been the terminator you know you're not going to cast bob lowe (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know so yes no maybe it's just um we need more people like batista to come out and really show the range that that some of these performers can really bring in um mainstream Mm -hmm. media that people can appreciate a little bit more than wrestling because wrestling i think yeah, there's a I think lot wrestling more. is still kind of silly, right? Yeah, you know, out there to people. Oh, you like wrestling? Oh, that's that's fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, with the success of Young Rock and and The Rock in general, um, you know, and and you brought up Batista, John Cena, you know, even Becky Lynch is trying is starting to get into acting a little bit. She yeah. was, you know, one of the Marine movies, and then she was in Young Rock playing Cindy Lauper. Um, you know, so it's. As we see more crossover, I think eventually you'll you'll see that um, you'll see that that that, that wall break down. Um, yeah. I think you know because you're you're right. You know, 
back in you know the 80s yeah you had a, a handful of wrestlers that were in movies hulk hogan being in very many straight to video you know mm-hmm. straight to dvd whatever type movies you know but when the rock rock became the biggest you know entertainment superstar that's out there now you know yeah. it, it it made that change where now it's more accepted batista getting that role in the marvel cinematic universe mm-hmm. you know and now you know he was in one of the uh bond movies and now mm-hmm. you know, with his newest role being a more serious style role you're right it, it does it shows that that um range whether it's not just a bodyguard not just a, an action hero now it's right. dramatic roles or, or just like a goofy cartoon character like mr nanny you yeah, know, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan got those movies not necessarily because he was the greatest actor in the world, <laughs> right. or the next action superstar. It's because he was just a big, muscular, goofy guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suburban <laughs> Commando. Come on, I loved that thing when I was a ten. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, the you, you, if if there's two point two two moments to point to and two people to point to, it's definitely Rock, Dwayne Johnson, yep. and uh, Batista. When Rock got his uh, solo outing with the Scorpion King, he completely changed what could happen when it comes to a wrestler turned actor going on into the future. People love They Live or whatever it is with Roddy Piper. People love Suburban Commando, but those movies are not major summer blockbusters like the Scorpion King. And of course, Batista getting Drax in the Marvel movies, huge, enormous. And honestly, I can't wait to see what Batista is going to come out with because, you know, controversial statements here on suds in the squared circle i don't know if you'll agree with me Vinny, or not but um batista's got a little bit more range when it comes to uh, his performances than than mr rock does so wow. i'm really curious to see what his future holds i you know and i i tend to agree with you and and i think it's because the rock has got his hand in so many other facets than just acting now yeah. you know he's 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 you know him and his uh group um bought the xfl so that's coming up this year yeah. Um, and not to mention, I mean, there's always that rumor where, you know, if anybody's going to buy the WWE, it's going to be the rock. Um, Wouldn't that be something? Oh my yeah. God. Um, it would, I mean, that's, that's one of the bigger headlines going around now is whether, whether or not the WWE is going to be sold and who it would be that bought the WWE and how that would affect the industry in general. When it comes to media coverage, that's that, that would probably be the move. Mm-hmm. When it comes to just like what just happened in the world of professional wrestling, y'all would be well, Dwayne Johnson buys WWE. A couple months ago, um, or a couple weeks ago, I should say, there was a big firestorm where um, some dirt cheap brought put out that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia bought right. WWE. I, I heard about that. I heard and, about that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the backlash that just that rumor started. I mean, CNBC debunked it the next morning, and mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Um, it was just, it was, it was one dirt sheet. Right? I remember, you know, <laughs> playing, something and went public with it and it just caused immediate backlash. I, I had, a, I had a conversation at work with a, with a friend of mine who, who's into similar entertainment. He doesn't like soaps, but wrestling and, and sci-fi and all the little things that, that he likes, that, that I like, he likes. And so we were talking about this and this was in the Saudi, uh, Saudi, it was fact at that point. Yeah, Saudi Arabia yeah. Prince was buying WWE, no doubt about it. And we were right. talking about it like, what, what, a, what, but this is not, we, we bought it. Hook, line, hook, line and sinker. Yep. We're just like, I can't believe this, ha- this is happening. This is, 
it's nuts. And uh, we're like, what's going to happen about like the Fox deal? Are going to be okay with this? Is Disney cool with this? I don't know what's going on. And we're like, well, Disney likes money. Maybe they don't care. Uh, And then ultimately we were like, can I swear on this? I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, ultimately, we were like, Vince McMahon is a bastard. Oh my God. <laughs> he left to come back to get his daughter to quit, to push Triple H out, to sell to a Saudi prince and say, screw y'all, goodbye, I'm taking my money. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it turned out to not, not be the case right. at all. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, like that week, Eric Bischoff, you know, and John Alba came out with like two yeah. or three episodes of Strictly Business because of the 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 rumor mill and the sales and everything that was going on. And, you know, they pointed out, you know, all the backlash with Saudi Arabia and, and you know, all the human rights violations that Saudi has and, you know, all the politically incorrect stuff that they're into. And like, well, what's going to happen? Well, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, the public the, the public uh, investment fund, which is what supposedly bought the right. WWE, they invest in Disney. They invest in Fox. They invest in all these other things. Uh-huh. So it's like you're 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 saying that you're going to boycott WWE because they're going to be bought by this. Well, you still use Twitter. You still use Facebook. You still you know you still watch Disney, and they're yeah. in all of this. And it's just the the backlash where people just go around, just yeah. the perception is reality. Well, to to, to point to, to to previous conversation that we were just having on the on the very on this very podcast, uh, that that kind of shows the, uh, the 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 dangerous underbelly that exists when mm-hmm. it comes to social media, and yep. I think that also comes to play when it comes to the type of stories that we're able to see on General Hospital. I know it has to come to play when it comes to the types of things you're able to see on wrestling. I mean, I kind of stopped watching uh, when they went back to the G format. You know, when Linda was running for office, and they were just like nothing. You're, right. You can't do nothing anymore. I'm yeah. just like, okay, guys. All right, I'm I'm backing off. Three hour raw and nothing happens. I'm I don't have that kind of time in my night anymore. Uh, Is kind of what happened to me. Uh, You know, no offense to anybody that's able to do it. It just wasn't my cup of tea no more. Well, Um, like with me with raw, I watched the Hulu version, which is ninety minutes. Yeah, cuts out a lot. There you go. Cuts out a lot. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, I just I, I take YouTube bits now. I watch the uh, Reliving the War on on YouTube. That's a good time. Um, but to, to you know, back to the point. Um, the, the dangerous part of social media and what I can kind of feeds into maybe uh, some of the limited storytelling that we're able to get on GH right now is um, if you do light enough fire on Twitter, then the mainstream media picks it up. Oh God, I sound mm-hmm. like a conservative talk show host right now. The mainstream media picks it up and they fan the flames of that Twitter thing <laughs> and all, and that's the only thing yeah. it's about. Mm-hmm. It's all about Luke raping Lord, you know, like yeah. which it isn't the case, you know. That's been so done. That has been yeah. so so resolved on General Hospital since right. then. But if you bring it up and it lights in the flames, then then it becomes what the show is about again. And you know what, what can you do other than kind of do your best to avoid that as much as possible? Yeah, you know, do you lean to people saying this show is bad because then that's not going to get picked up by Newsweek? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not running the show, so I don't. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know how those decisions are made. I can only speculate from the one answer. of the bigger, one of the bigger uh, things that's been on Twitter that I've seen. Um, okay, so we got ten more minutes. Um, so one of the bigger things that I've seen is um, with the Willow storyline. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody point out this is the wrong time in history for someone to be pro-life on TV mm-hmm. because Willow refused to get an abortion. She refused to get the cancer, you know, the the chemo mm-hmm. for the second trimester. Right. I'm like, try to leave politics out of it. 
Oh, because that's right. Because I said, what's so wrong about being pro-life in this day and age? And that's mm-hmm. like, oh well, with the uh with the reversal of Roe versus Wade and with this and the anti-women movement and anti, you know, and I'm like, leave politics out of it. I mean, there are people in real life that are pro-choice, there are people that are pro-life. Yeah. So just leave it out of it. You know, and if you're mm-hmm. if you're watching because you want to push your own agenda, well, then you're not really a fan. It's 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 interesting. Um, sometimes you know, I, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, there's there's a wide variety of people who who consume entertainment in a wide variety of ways, who get different things out of it, who yeah. relate to it in different ways, who pull their own personal experiences and find themselves or they don't find themselves in these characters. Right. Or whatever, you know, yeah. and with Twitter, it's just an ability for somebody to be able to talk about it. Uh, that, that's the main thing. So, you know, pro-life, not pro-life, pro-choice, all of that kind of stuff. That's totally up to you. It is what it is. Exactly. Leave the politics out of it. I think it's probably the easiest thing in the world when it comes to just avoiding conflict in general. <laughs> but I understand what they're saying. I understand the point of view that they're coming coming to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think, though, that is this person might be missing, and I don't know this person in, at all. I don't even know their Twitter handle, so don't take this person if you hear this uh, <laughs> um <clears throat> might be missing the um the, the 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 writer's perspective the story point of view of of willow pretty much just wanting to do nothing other than just have this baby i'm not going to even take a one percent risk of anything going wrong with this i've already lost one child i'm not going to lose another exactly. um what was lacking i think and i tweeted about this you probably liked it what was lacking was direct dialogue about that you yeah. know there was no tension between her and michael uh yeah. where he's like why are you not making these choices why are you not making exactly. the right choices exactly. in my mind yeah. and for her to say well because of this and the history and all of that and i'm not going to take a one percent risk you know yeah. i think that was that part was missing when it comes to telling willow's story through this yeah. which allows personal interpretation like Mm-hmm. Well, she should have done this. I would have done this. Right. She didn't do this. Therefore, this is bad. Yeah. Because we really don't know what's going on in her head because they didn't say so. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to have a new general hospital. <laughs> we're going to have to do this again at some point. Um, and uh, but before before we do end this uh, and end this interview, uh, let everybody know who does not listen to the 10th Floor podcast. Oh, yeah. They can find you. Well, you can find us at uh, youtube.com slash 10th Floor Podcast. We're on 11 a.m. Pacific every Sunday morning, unless my mom's being a grandma, and then we'll pick another day of the week. Uh, we also go on live randomly every once in a while to just talk about stuff because we want you to watch us. We want the YouTube subscriptions to go up, and we want the hours to go high. And, you know, I'm not going to hide that. It's it's all selfish or personal gain. Please watch it. Please watch me for me. <laughs> no, it's because you're going to have a great time. I have a great uh, great conversation every week with my mom. Uh, it's it's <laughs> You know, we talk about GH life, yep. 70s, 80s, 90s, all that kind of stuff. Catch yep. us YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitter at 10th Floor GH, which is a little bit different than the YouTube handle. A 10th Floor podcast on YouTube, 10th Floor yep. GH on Twitter. Uh, and you can find us on every podcasting platform out there. I've done a lot of work making sure that we are pro- proliferated out there on every app that I could possibly have hooked up into. Mm-hmm. So if you happen to not find us on your preferred <laughs> podcasting application, you can reach out to us on Twitter at 10th Floor GH and let me know and I'll point you in the right direction or get it added to that app that you're looking for. Absolutely. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. We're, we will definitely have to do this again at some point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much to talk about, right? There is. We didn't absolutely. even talk about my favorite time of wrestling, which was the early 2000s. Absolutely. Well, well, there's a <laughs> cliffhanger for the next time we, we get to chat. Okay, um, man. So it's been great. <laughs> have a great night. Thank you for joining. All right, thank you.